right, everybody, welcome to the Backseat Huddle Podcast, episode 57. As always, I'm your host. Today, I'm talking to you guys about the San Francisco 49ers versus the Los Angeles Rams, and I'm also going to be talking to you guys about the Sunday night game of the Patriots versus the Dolphins. Tomorrow, you can expect me to talk about Jaguars and Kansas City and likely a couple other teams, and Wednesday, you can expect an analysis breakdown of two more games, so four more teams total. Expect about eight teams over the next two days. Thursdays, you can expect to continue the letter grading system I did last week, and then Fridays will continue to be predictions. That's a schedule moving forward, but enough jibber-jabber. Let's just go ahead and get into it. I'm going to start with the Rams versus the 49ers. So I'm going to start with the Rams because it's a lot easier to poke fun at why a team I poke fun is probably the wrong way to say it. So I'm going to start with the Rams because it's a lot easier to understand and diagnose why a team did something poorly versus why a team did something well. So there's a weird double-edged sword that the Rams are dealing with. The Rams offensive game plan was perfect against the 49ers, but it's also the exact reason they lost the game. The Rams clearly don't have the offensive skill on the outside at wide receiver to run the offense that they want to run, at least while Cooper Cup is sidelined with an injury. It's plain and simple to see what they are doing. Sean McVay and his offensive wizardry is clearly being forced to scheme their guys open because for the most part, they aren't really capable of winning without it. The receivers aren't capable of winning reps on their own without being schemed open. They're relying on quick hitting, short throws, dink and dunking their way down the field. Matt Stafford averaged five and a half yards per attempt against the 49ers, and they threw the ball 55 times. They don't have someone who can win on intermediate to deep routes. They don't have a guy right now that can just go out there and consistently win on the outside. They don't have a make a play guy. And it was on full display in the second half where they only scored three points and could barely move the ball. And I hear you already. I hear you already. Last week it worked against the Seahawks. And what about Puka Nakua? He has the record for most receptions in a player's first two games. Chill the fuck out. I'm going to get there. Last week, they did have some good fields, good plays down the field and intermediate. Yes. And they also played against the Seahawks defense, who's currently averaging 30.5 points per game allowed. They clearly, the Seahawks, do not have a good defense. At this moment, the Rams are being forced to rely on underneath, quick hitting, highly efficient short throws. And that's what their offense is based around, relying on Matt Stafford's experience and knowledge pre-snap to get the ball to the right guy extremely quickly. They tried to beat the 49ers by death from a thousand cuts. And that's actually the perfect way to beat the 49ers defense because of the pressure that defense and that defensive line are capable of dialing up. But it's 2023, and that's not the way the NFL works anymore. The NFL is currently an arms race to get the best athletes and the best players on the outside catching passes. When we think of the teams in the NFL, and we think of the teams who are consistently playoff locks and consistently contenders, it's often a list of the teams with the best pass-catching units. The Eagles, the Dolphins, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Lions, and prior to this season, the Bengals. Shit, 
The Buccaneers have fucking Baker Mayfield throwing for 300 yards. Look at their pass catchers. All these teams that I just listed have fucking ballers on the outside. And right now the Rams don't. Puka Nakua has been a great story. And I'm happy for him. It's fucking awesome what he's doing setting this record. He's clearly got value and he is clearly at least a good player but he's not good enough for what the Rams and the NFL require right now. He's currently averaging 10.6 yards per reception, which is the exact same as what TJ Hawkinson averaged last season. Good player, not a game-changing player. Relying on scheme alone offensively isn't good enough to win games in the NFL right now, unfortunately. You need guys who can go out there and make a fucking play. Look what happened when the Rams went down by seven late in the fourth and they were forced to pass. They couldn't do anything. Their guys couldn't separate. They, when it was time to make a play, they didn't have someone they could rely on. They could just throw the ball to and said, my guy's better than yours. They didn't have that. I'm not saying they're doomed. I'm not saying they're going to suck. They're clearly better than most people thought they would be. I picked them to finish second in this division, and that's exactly where they're going to land. They're a good team with great coaching, and they're hurting for Cooper Cup to return. They're going to be good, but they're not a real threat down the stretch. Shifting to the 49ers, and more specifically, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is the most impressive quarterback in the NFL so far this season. Hear me out on this. How is a quarterback who's only thrown for 400 yards, 47 completions, and two touchdowns in two games, the most impressive. It's simple. Expectations. The expectation for Brock Purdy was he may not start week one. And if he does, what's he going to look like week one? Is he going to have the same zip? Is he going to be good? Was he a fluke last season? Is he even going to be able to play for the first couple weeks of the season? Now look at him. He started week one. He has the same zip. He's not only playing as well as he did last season. He's playing better. How the fuck does that happen? How do you not throw a football for however fucking many months and get through the mental aspect of dealing with an injury, which we have seen players struggle with and come back better? That doesn't make any sense. He's had every single reason to start this season slow, take a step back. He had all the excuses in the world and somehow he improved this offseason. What the fuck? What we're seeing out of Brock Purdy right now is fucking, it's almost mind-blowing. I, I, I can't believe this guy. Choo-choo, motherfucker. The fucking hype train on this guy is real. And excuse me, my alarm on my phone's going off. Sorry about that, dudes. Sorry for the people listening and YouTube. You're never going to see this. <clears throat> so that's my, that's my take on Brock Purdy. Let's move on to the Patriots versus the Dolphins. I don't have a lot for this game, but because I watched it, I feel a compulsion to shove my opinion about it down your ear every bit as much as you're welcome to have the compulsion to not listen. So this, this whole thing we're doing, this dance, this is a give and take. I'm going to try and keep this succinct and short for you. Going to state the obvious. The Patriots have to start faster. And back-to-back -back weeks, they put themselves in two score holes in the first half going down 16-0 versus the Eagles and 17-3 versus the Dolphins last night. And despite that, they've still had the opportunity to win each of those games with a late drive, and they couldn't do it. So in back-to-back -back weeks, 
the Patriots have had an opportunity at a game-winning drive and failed to make it happen, which begs the question, why? <clears throat> Excuse me. Why did the Patriots fail on two game-winning drives in back-to-back -back weeks? Because everything they have just isn't quite good enough. Their pass-catching unit just isn't quite good enough. They don't have a make-a-play guy. They don't have a Jamar Chase or even a Mike Evans who's good enough to just go out there and make a play when it's time to make a play. Mac Jones isn't quite good enough to elevate his pass catchers above their level of play. We've seen elite quarterbacks do it. We've seen Tom Brady take Julian Edelman and a bunch of lacrosse players to the Super Bowl. We've seen Patrick Mahomes on the Super Bowl with Travis Kelsey and more or less a bunch of guys at wideout. We've seen Drew Brees, though, for a million yards with guys like Marcus Colston, Mike Thomas, Jimmy Graham, all at different points, but they were all complemented by more or less just a bunch of guys. Mac Jones isn't in that caliber, and that's not a fair bar to hold him to, I admit, but he isn't good enough to elevate those guys around him into a competent unit. Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator, just isn't quite good enough schematically to make it work with the collection of uninspiring weapons he has, which also isn't something I really blame him for. You work with what you've been given, but he hasn't really been given a ton. But in the same breath, it's also fair to say that he isn't Sean McVay last season somehow scrambling to make it work, getting creative, and putting a wide receiver at fullback to create matchup issues with linebackers. He isn't Kyle Shanahan, who managed to get Matt Ryan MVP and Matt Schaub multiple Pro Bowls and lead the NFL in passing yards. Unfortunately, everything they have isn't quite good enough to win those types of games and win those types of situations that they've been in the past two weeks. The good news, however, is that they are well-coached enough to win games this season. The Patriots are either a low-end good team or a high-end mid-team. They're the measuring stick team. If you beat them, you're good enough to make the playoffs. If you're not, you're probably not. I see this team finishing somewhere around the 500 mark once again this season, but they're still better than I expected. I thought they would be terrible. Now I'm going to very briefly talk about the Dolphins. The Dolphins look like the class of the AFC right now, and they definitely look like the favorite to win the AFC East. It's a two-horse race between the Dolphins and the Bills. If Tua can stay healthy, there's no reason they shouldn't win this division. I digress. I think Josh Allen is more talented than Tua is, which generally matters a lot in the NFL these days. But the Dolphins are operating a significantly higher level than the Bills. And the Bills have had really two tremendously different outings in both of their games this season. We've also seen Mike McDaniels outcoach Sean McDermott twice last season. So Dolphins fans should feel really good right now, even in the AFC, let alone their division. The Miami Dolphins are easily playing the best football out of two weeks of anybody in the AFC, and that is including the Chiefs and anybody else from last season. Now, last week, I ripped Tua, and I got clowned about it a little bit here and there, but I still think I'm right on this guy. I, I'm, I'm workshopping a theory on him that I may change up my tone on Tua a little bit as the season progresses. I don't think he's as good as many think he is, but I also don't think that he's as bad as I previously thought. He's an enigma, but if you're willing to stay tuned and listen to me, I'm going to go ahead and let you know the reality of this guy in just a couple weeks. So that's it. That's my show today. Thank you guys for listening. Feel free to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you are on Spotify, feel free to hit that little box if you're not in car mode. 
Uh, let me know what you thought of the episode. Let me know if you have anything for me. Also, feel free to give me a five-star rating. It's in the, it's in the top left corner of the channel page. All right, everybody. Take care.